The New Testament reading for this morning comes from the book of James, beginning in the third chapter at the first verse. And James wrote these things. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison, for with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, and my brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O Lord, may all we say and do reflect the faith we have in you. For faith is meant to change the way we live our lives from day to day. Just as a spark can start a fire, our words can damage or inspire. So we pray for wisdom from above to speak and act in gentle love. Open our ears, our hearts, and our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. This morning I'd like to look for a little bit about what James has to say about the power of words. For we must admit that generally, we love to talk. Talk shows are everywhere on TV and radio and blogs and such. And it seems these days that everyone has something to say. I guess I'll put this moment, we'll call this moment statistics with the Steins, since Kathy gave you statistics this morning too. Here you go. If you are an average American, you have 30 conversations a day and will spend one-fifth of your life talking. In one year, your conversations will fill 66 books of 800 pages a book. If you are a man, you speak an average of 20,000 words a day. If you are a woman, you speak an average of 30,000 words a day. Just saying. 
We communicate all of the time. Did you know that there are now 73 billion texts sent out every day? And 188 billion emails are sent every single day. And when we communicate so much, we know that words have the power to be misunderstood and we don't always get everything right. There was a stock boy at a local grocery store and a lady asked him, can I buy a half a head of lettuce? So he walked back to the manager to ask, not realizing that she was walking right behind him. And he said, you're not going to believe this, but there's an old bag out there who wants to buy a half a head of lettuce. Then he turned around and saw her standing there and said, and this fine lady would like to buy the other half. So later on the same day, the manager cornered the young man and said, I just have to tell you, that was the finest example of thinking on your feet that I think I have ever seen. Where did you learn that? He said, well, I grew up in Grand Rapids, and if you know anything about Grand Rapids, you know that it's known for its great hockey teams and ugly women. And the manager's face flushed, and he interrupted, wait a minute, my wife is from Grand Rapids. Oh, and which hockey team did she play for? <laughs> you know, our mouths can get us into a lot of trouble. James says more about the tongue than anyone else in the entire New Testament. Every chapter of the book of James has something to say about managing your tongue. He writes, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what they say, they are perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. So James writes that if you can control your mouth, you're perfect. But he's not talking about sinless here. The word perfection in Greek literally means mature or healthy. Your tongue reveals what's going on inside of you, not only spiritually but physically. And James writes that you've got to learn to manage your mouth. You've got to learn to tame your tongue. You've got to get your tongue under control. So James, in our reading for this morning, gives three reasons why we should learn to manage our mouths. And then he backs each reason up with two illustrations. So you should control your tongue, number one, because it directs where you go. You know, we don't often think about it, but this tongue has a tremendous influence and control over our life. Where are you headed? Where do you suppose you'll be 10 years from now? Look at your conversation. What do you like to talk about? What do you talk about the most? We shape our words and then our words shape us. James compares our tongue to a bit in a horse's mouth and then to a rudder on a ship. And these two instruments, though small like the tongue, exercise tremendous directional power. So consider a bit in a horse's mouth. You have this huge animal, I don't know, maybe 2,000 pounds or so, and you put like a 95-pound jockey on his back. And the jockey can control the tremendous mighty horse by a little piece of metal stuck over its tongue. Likewise, your tongue controls the direction of your life. Wherever you want to go, and just a little bit of a word or a phrase can control the direction of your entire 
life. Likewise, a huge ship, an aircraft carrier, is a blasted floating city. Have you ever seen one? Yet despite their enormity, they're controlled by a relatively small rudder. Both the bit and the rudder must overcome contrary forces. The bit must overcome the strength of a powerful horse. The rudder must fight and overcome the strong winds and swift currents that can drive a ship off course. And in like manner, the tongue must overcome the powerful influences in our own culture that constantly try to sidetrack us. So one of the questions we need to ask ourselves is, where is my tongue directing me to? Is my tongue directing me and all those around me into danger, much like a ship that's out of control heading towards the rocks? Or is my tongue helping me down the path of faithfulness and kingdom building. Two, James says, our tongues can, can destroy what we have. James also writes that the tongue has the power to destroy. He illustrates this by comparing it to a fire and wild animals. A fire can begin with just a spark, but it can grow quickly and destroy an entire city. You know, a fire reportedly started in the O'Leary barn in Chicago at 8.30 p.m. on October 8, 1871. It grew and spread quickly to disastrous proportions, killing 300 people, leaving 100,000 people homeless, destroying 17,500 buildings at a cost to the city in 1871 of $400 million. James warns that your tongue can destroy just like that. You can lose it all. A careless camper can destroy an entire national forest overnight. A careless word can destroy a life overnight, thousands of lives. Gossip is like a fire. It spreads quickly. It wreaks havoc. I wonder how many folks, because of a careless word, have destroyed their marriage, or their career, or their reputation, or the reputation of another, or their church, or a friendship. The tongue not only has the power to direct where you go, but also to destroy what you have if you don't learn how to control it. And James is saying that words, they can create a chain reaction. You can say something, and you may not mean any harm, but it can have devastating effects that are beyond your control. That old saying of sticks and stones may break my bones, but names can never hurt me, it does hurt. It breaks my heart. Fire and words under control can give tremendous warmth and light, but fire and words out of control can be devastating. It can destroy miles and miles of homes and lands and people. The husband comes home from work tired and grumpy and cranky and he walks in and he yells at his wife. The wife yells at the oldest kid. The oldest kid yells at the baby sister. The baby sister goes out and kicks the dog. The dog goes and bites the cat. The cat comes in and scratches the baby the baby bites the head off the Barbie doll. Wouldn't it be a lot simpler, folks, if the husband just came home and bit the head off the Barbie doll? 
chain reactions often are the course of hell. James also warns that the tongue is full of deadly poison, and we all know that just a few drops of venom can kill you. Would anyone here turn loose hungry lions and venomous snakes in the church? Of course not. But we must remember that unruly tongues within the church do the same thing. Notice, please, that James also warns that the tongue can never be tamed. Though it can be restrained, as long as we're in the flesh, there's a very real possibility that it can leap out at any minute and destroy. Therefore, we must maintain a constant vigilance against the destructive power of the tongue. So James says that you've got to learn to manage your mouth, not only because it can direct where you go, but it can also destroy what you have. You can lose your family, your kids, your career, by simply what you say. And then number three, James says our tongue displays who we are. It reveals my character. It tells what's really inside of me. James points out how inconsistent we are in our speech. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers. These things ought not to be so. So we come to church on Sunday, and the highest use of your mouth is to use it praising God. We sing praises to God. To God. And then we walk out and we get into the car, and on the way home we argue about what we're going to eat for lunch. Isn't it amazing to you how our attitude can change? In one minute we're saying, praise the Lord. The next you're saying, shut up. The tongue is such a strange contradiction. It is so inconsistent, it's amazing how quickly it can change. One minute we're praising God, the next we are cursing other people. And hear this, any kind of a put-down, folks, is a curse. And why curse people? They're made in the image of God. Do you struggle with an inconsistent tongues? James says we all have it. We speak lovingly in one breath, lash out in the next. And what gives? What's the problem? Why in the world do we do it? Well, perhaps James provides the answer. He says, consider the source. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. And the point is, whatever is in the well is what comes out in the water. Whatever is in the tree is what comes out in the fruit. So maybe my problem is not really my tongue. My problem just might be my heart. Because what's inside comes out. My mouth eventually betrays what is inside of me. I can fool you and pretend, but eventually my tongue is going to catch me. It's going to let you know what's really inside of me. You know, when you squeeze a sponge, what comes out under the pressure? Whatever it had soaked up previously. So does our tongue when we're squeezed. What comes out is what's inside of us. So you know my affinity for children's songs. I want to remind you of one this morning. 
simple, but it's good to put in your head. It goes like this. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little ears, what you hear. Now the one I really want you to hear. Be careful, little tongue, what you say. Be careful, little tongue, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little tongue, what you say. Jesus said in Matthew, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He said that what is inside of you is what is going to come out. My tongue just displays what I am. It directs where I go. It can destroy what I have. But most of all, it just simply displays who I am. It reveals my character. So if you have a problem with your tongue, I want to tell you this morning, it's more serious than you think. You have a heart problem. Painting the outside of the pump doesn't make any difference if there's poison in the well. I can change all of the externals, I can turn over a new leaf, but what I really need is a new life. What I need is a fresh start. I need to let go of all the past and be born again and start over. I need to get a new heart. And how do I get a new heart? Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. New life, new heart, new spirit. When you come to Jesus Christ, when you truly come to Jesus Christ, he wipes out everything that you have done in your past. He says you are starting over. It is like being born again. You need a new heart. So I simply ask you this morning, what does your tongue say about you? What does it reveal about you? If we were to play back a tape of all your conversations of the past week, what would we learn about you? And God hears it all. Our tongues display who we are. They direct your life. They can destroy all you have. And James is saying that the only way to truly get control of your tongue is to let Jesus Christ have control of your heart. We've got to understand the power of words. Amen.